0: Welcome back to another episode of Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser, and this week my guest is Robin, and they don't call her Amazing Robin for nothing. From working with billionaires, Hollywood stars, governments, and hundreds of international CEOs, Robin Peterson continues to be the fastest growing name, intuitive healing and consulting arena. This well-versed Christian healer has been featured on the Discovery Channel worldwide, National Geographic, CNN, BBC, and news specials in France and in the timeline films in the UK for thousands of radio shows and podcasts. Robin has been a secret weapon for governments and CEOs of large companies. Robin is described as a seer. She sees blocks and people and their companies. She offers critical breakthroughs and effective transformation. Robin's specialty is in quantum physics, frequencies, mathematical codes, energetic medicine, and in combination with being a gifted seer, she's also a healer. She can see and understand things no other consultant sees. She is a mind-blowing and powerful woman. Everybody, please welcome the amazing Robin.
1: Hi. Hi. Hi, I'm so excited to be on your podcast.
0: Me too. So I met Robin, didn't we meet at Secret Knock or no?
1: I don't know if we met at Secret Knock the first time or if we met in Vegas at Velocity the first time. I'm not sure where the very first time was.
0: Oh, but when we met, I was like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. I want to talk to her. And at the time, I still hadn't launched my podcast or started the Fearless Female Movement. And I was kind of in this stuck place of like, I was overly thinking what my, what I should name it and everything. Well, I was just basically stuck in fear, but Robin was so sweet. And she was like, you just just call it this and do this. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, that is amazing. And I just went for it. (laughs) And actually, I'm going to record my 100th episode next week. So (laughs) it's
1: crazy. You're killing it. You're I mean, you just stepped right into it. As long as we take that leap, right?
0: Everything just falls. Exactly. So tell us about your journey. There's a lot to probably uncover here.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, everybody has an incredible journey. Mine has been back and forth, back and forth. So where would you like me to start?
0: Start when you first discovered your gift.
1: Well, since I was a kid, I always had gifts. I always had prophetic dreams. Unfortunately, when I was younger, I dreamt about more of the scary stuff. Mm. And I think a lot of kids do. It was kind of traumatic, and my parents thought that I was depressed. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, because I would talk about events that were going to happen in the future that sounded kind of destructive. I would dream about natural disasters a lot, things like that. And so uh, when I became 11, 12, 13, which is a a good transitional time for a lot of people, I find, Mm -hmm. that's when you really start to come into your own but unfortunately my parents thought you know something was wrong with me and so they tried a ton of different medications thought i was depressed because i was talking about those things yeah but those things that i would i would mention would actually happen. They would, you know, three days later, four days later would come on the news and they just kind of thought that that was a coincidence.
0: Wow. So,
1: you know, as a kid, I had to experiment with antidepressants and things like that. Because when you talk to a doctor and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I dreamt about this earthquake or a flash flood and it killed all these people.
0: You know, they don't think very lightly of those things. So, (laughs) yeah. And it wasn't like you were watching movies with these scenes in them.
1: No, no. Even when I was a little girl, (laughs) it's just kind of funny, but I used to play my favorite game with my dolls Mm. was to play survival games in the
0: backyard. (laughs) Survival games?
1: (laughs) I would make up like survival scenarios and I would like practice like, okay, I'm a single mom. I got my two babies. We have one sandwich. It's freezing cold outside. How long can we last?
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) No joke. Yeah. Well, I can so, see why your parents would think you're depressed.
1: Yeah. To me, I just found it fun. I always wanted to see what I was made of, and I never really bought into anything. So, like for instance, you know, you hear that phrase from your parents where they would say, uh, "Money doesn't grow on trees," and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if it does." And so I got my dollar, and I I planted it in the ground. I watered it every day. <laughs> you know, I, I was one of those people, I had to see it for myself. So playing survival stuff was just fun to me. I wanted to see what I was. I was made of. So it doesn't seem to be too far-fetched. When I got older, I became this intuitive consultant for governments and large organizations, private groups, to prepare for catastrophic events. Mm. So, and that's what really got me into like Discovery Channel and all that stuff, because I became an expert in that field. Anything that had to do with like the second coming of Christ, the Mayan calendar, the apocalypse anything like that, I was pretty much involved in every documentary or whatever. And so I would help people prepare for events that I would see coming or in a large scale or privately for themselves or for their family. So I did that for a long time and I became like the doom and gloom girl.
0: (laughs) But at what point, like after you tried all the medications, did you really like just accept your gift? And was there somebody that maybe like guided you to tell you this is your gift? And how do you use it? You know, like, how would you even know how to use it for, you know, work like you're doing now?
1: You know, unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't really have that. Um, Mm. My parents were divorced. And my mom was like this, you know, Southern Baptist Christian, raised me up in the Christian faith. My dad was the one who was gifted. But he came off as a conspiracist, oh, and he really? was very distant. Yeah, so he was very distant. So I didn't really have that. I just had a little bit of a blend of the two, which was great, right? Mm-hmm. But in my twenties is when I started to really. I became very religious. I, I was a gospel teacher. It was also my job to prepare people for events, so I studied, you know, deep doctrine, deep prophecy, anybody's visions and dreams, just so I, I had all of the spectrum of information. And one day I was really seeking and asking, you know, show me how how in tuned I am. Show me, you know, if these dreams are real. And so I started to have, you know, anytime you, you could just seek. That's the biggest thing I tell people, just if you seek it out, it will be shown to you. And so I started to really seek it out. But I had this dream once there was this flash flood in, in Texas and I saw the flash flood come and there were some cars that couldn't get out of the way and it overcame some of the vehicles and, I zoomed in and I saw that there were some kids in the backseat. And it it really bothered me because at this time now I'm a mom of three and it really bothered me. So three days later, I saw it on the news. And so I knew it was real. And so you remember that show Montale Williams, how he used to have Susan Brown,
0: that psychic on there all the time? Oh, yeah. Yes. I remember her.
1: Yeah. So I just it just happened to come on that day. And she was like, you know, somebody said they see things too like that, that they don't like. And she goes, oh, well, just tell them, you know, not to show them to you if there's nothing you can do about it. And I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. (laughs) I'm like, God, don't show me anything else. If I can't, if there's nothing I can do about it, don't show it to me. Yeah. And I didn't know. But at the time, what I was doing was turning off my gifts. Mm and i didn't know because nobody had ever taught me that with gifts with love with everything it's it's the ugly and the good mm-hmm. we can't just have selective of only the good you know yes. with relationships are like i don't want to be hurt i don't want to be all in but when you do that you're blocking all the good stuff too because Absolutely. you haven't mastered you haven't mastered that skill set
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, if you want to be spiritually gifted, so many people are like, Oh, I'd love to be spiritually gifted, but man, I don't want to like see ghosts in the middle of the night or I don't want to be
0: freaked <laughs> out or, you yeah. know. They just want to know the lot of yeah. numbers.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right? And so I'm like, No, you got to embrace all of it. And when you can embrace all of it, you'll see the beauty in all of it. It doesn't mm. become ugly or good or, or bad or right. It's just as neutral and you embrace all of it. So, that was a huge lesson for me. My dreams and stuff had stopped Mm. for a few years. And I was like, you know, hey, God, like I haven't, I haven't seen any anything for a while. And he reminded me of that moment. I mean, so like, like a download into my mind, like, hey, do you remember this day? And I'm like, yeah. So that's (laughs) like you told me at that moment. Gave it to you. (laughs) Yeah. At that moment, I really just embraced it. And then that's when my gifts just took a whole leap. And that's what really put me in the field and kind of put me on the map. So,
0: Now, did you get any pushback because you said you grew up in the church and, you know, you were doing all of that because in the church, it's really looked against, right, to in that way at least that's what i've been getting is pushback of like why are you talking about manifesting and why are you talking about meditation and you should just be praying and it's like it's it's yeah. all in the bible like everything that i'm doing is not against the bible it's actually been spoken to in the bible
1: yeah absolutely so i i grew up you know southern baptist i studied religion for about seven years many different religions I converted over into being Mormon for like 15 years, mm. um, which I'm no longer. And so, what's interesting about like the LDS Church and Southern Baptist specifically is that they talk about spiritual gifts. Oh, they the do? gifts of the Spirit. Oh, absolutely. But soon as you have someone, as soon as you have a gift and you talk about it, then you're you're deceived. Mm. So that's that's what's really ri- interesting is like. You know, the scriptures talk about gifts of the spirit and, and oracles and mediums and all kinds of stuff. However, how dare you have one?
0: <laughs> yeah. Who do you think you are to be that special to have right? a that gift?
1: That's for, you know, prophets. It's blasphemy to to claim such things. Mm. And so I, of course, and that really held me back, to be honest, for a really long time. I didn't tell people. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur. I own several companies, but I also have these abilities and these gifts that I kept to myself. You know, what would people say and what would they think? You know, here I was being featured on Discovery Channel, and my friends and family had no idea why. Really? Oh, Oh absolutely. I mean, my brother didn't learn what I did until about a year ago when I made him come to one of my masterminds.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> was he, was he like completely astonished by what you did and the gifts that you have? I think he finally had an
1: epiphany where he was like, oh, you're not a con artist. You know, like, really? Had, I think, yes, I think he, in his mind somewhere, he thought like I was making money off of people's dreams or like oh interpretation or He never really asked because he didn't know that of me.
0: Yeah. I mean, but there are certain people out there that are faking their gift that do take advantage of people. But there are people that do have that gift. Like, I'm so into this subject, because I I've just always been super curious. And um, especially after my dad died, I wanted to know where he went. So I went down this whole entire rabbit hole of like near death experiences and, you know, mediums, and I just researched a lot. And You know, there is this new Netflix special, Beyond Death, I think. And there are like some people that are bamboozling, you know, those people that are in that period of grief where they just want someone to speak to someone on the other side. But at the same time, there truly are people that have that gift that do speak to the people on the other side. And there's no way they could have known that. Like, you know, I'm, I'm watching all these documentaries and the people on the shows. And I'm like, everyone says there's no way she could have known that because she really, truly does have a gift.
1: I think that, you know, all of us have some some sort of gift and some mm. people seek after them and some people don't. Yeah. And there are I mean, tarot cards could be a gift. Palm reading can be a gift. Listening could be a gift. The gift of love. I mean, there's so many just hugging and embracing someone is a gift. Yeah. So it just depends on how people are using it. There's good and clean energy that's of truth and light. And then there are others of manipulation. And so I just think that people really have to have the gift of discernment, which is something we should seek after, pray for and ask. Mm. And that the gift of discernment is what it will tell you if this is of truth and light or not
0: yeah and your body will tell you you'll have like a weird Absolutely. feeling in your stomach it's intuition you know it's it's so many things that in our life where we have this feeling in our gut or all of a sudden we have crazy anxiety it's like our body telling us don't go there don't go down that street or don't talk to this person it, we have that feeling it it's always Absolutely. within us it's with that, whether or not we want to tap into it and there's so many people that regardless of what your body is expressing to you, you still go through <laughs> the motions and then you go into through this like huge heartbreak or divorce or betrayal. And then you're like, why did that happen? And it's like, if you would just, 2020 is always hindsight. You look back and you're like, oh, now I, rem- I had these feelings about this person. This person gave me the negative vibe. Vibes are everything. We are vi- vibrating beings. And so if, if you feel that negative vibe, they, that is like a red flag, right?
1: It is, but how we learn to trust it is through going those, those ex- through those experiences where we look it back and say, oh, there was some red flags or, oh, I did have that feeling. Yeah. So when we when we look back, most people are like, man, why didn't I listen? I could have avoided this. And I'm like, no, no, no. You need to be grateful because it's teaching you about how to use your gifts, abilities, intuition, gut feeling, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But that's the development. And we have to fail. We have to ignore those so that we can listen next time.
0: Yes. Oh, my gosh. So let's talk about quantum physics, because I love this subject. So how would you describe quantum physics for anyone who is listening right now and has probably never heard of it?
1: Well, I think the best way to explain quantum physics is if you have a little bit of background, say, on Dr. Emoto's work with the water crystals. So if you don't know what that is, that's something that I would look up. But, you know, I'll, I'll explain it in a short synopsis. Okay, so Dr. Emoto was a very spiritual man when it came to, you know, his Japanese religion. They used to, you know, sing mantras over their, over their food. You know, they had a lot of Buddhism culture there. And so as a scientist, he wanted to know if praying over the food when it was actually doing anything, you know, was this all BS? And so he took that polluted water in Japan, he looked it up in a microscope, and saw that it was like all unorganized, very ugly looking. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he did a prayer over it, which was like a mantra, and he kept checking it or in the microscope over and over and over again. No change, no change. And it's just, you know, at that moment, it's like your faith kind of fades away right yeah. away because there's no scientific evidence of faith and prayer at this mm-hmm. point. But where it got really interesting is an hour after he had said the prayer is when he started to see the physical manifestation take place. Mm. Okay, so you can look this up online, online, but you can see the physical change from the unorganized matter, which the scriptures talk about, to it being a beautiful, crystallized, perfect pattern Yes, from one thing, just from the, the prayer, the mantra that was spoken over this water. Okay, but here's where it gets really interesting. So then he starts to evaluate, okay, was it the prayer? Was it me? Was it what was said? What was it? So then he starts to take one word at a time. He took the word compassion, the word, I love you, I forgive you, I'm sorry. He took the word, I hate you, you're a fool. He even put heavy metal music by it. They all had significant changes, just one word by itself. But this is where people don't get it. They don't understand is that he didn't speak those words to the water on this test. He actually wrote the word down on a piece of paper and put it right next to the glass of water. Mm -hmm. Just the word being next to the glass of water had that much significant change where it changed the water into this beautiful snowflake looking manifestation. So now there's physical evidence, not just a prayer, but of different words, low vibrations, good vibrations, positive affirmations to a negative one. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what's happening there is called quantum entanglement. So people are like, well, how did the word change it? You know, if he wasn't speaking it, we kind of understand how speaking it could do it. But how did a word just being next to it? This is how it works. When Robin and Nikki sit next to each other for 20 minutes or longer, what happens is our energetic fields start to vibrate. And once they vibrate and we continue to be around each other, they vibrate so intensely that they start to entangle. Mm. My energetic field circles your energetic field and vice versa. And what happens is they recalibrate each other. So that's why they say, if you want to be a millionaire, hang out with millionaires because they're <laughs> going to recalibrate you. Yeah, You are who you hang out with. You are what you eat. And this is true on a scientific level, on an energetic level. Okay. This is why women, when they hang out with each other, their periods, their menstrual cycles will sync up together. Mm. So this is quantum entanglement. So what happens is everything around us energetically is interfering with us unless it's synthetic like say plastic that's synthetic. Yeah. But anything that's ever been alive, anything that is alive, anything that of of a breathing heart, mind and soul has energetic field and that energetic field is now scientifically proven it's going to interfere with everything. So in the quantum realm Okay, so in the scriptures, let's relate it to that. In the scriptures, it talks about in God's eye. He's all-knowing, all-seeing, everything exists. He talks about in the book of Genesis where there was unorganized matter, and then he spoke the words, and then he created organized matter to create our earth. Yes. Same thing. This is in the quantum realm, okay? So this is how it works. Is in the quantum realm, which you could call in God's eye or everything exists. It's like the vast God's Google, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so everything is wave particles and particles, okay? So typically, there are wave particles. And those wave particles are just an energetic field that are just floating around, okay? So when Robin sits here and goes, oh, man, I just want this perfect house. I want it to look like this. And I go on and on. I start to visualize it because I want to manifest it. But I also want to pray about it. doesn't matter. If you pray about it or you meditate on it doesn't really matter. I think when you pray on it, you're asking for more divine help. Mm -hmm. You're asking for a divine blessing to be upon it. So I think that's great. And I think that you can build more more momentum that way. So anyway, let's get back to the quantum field. So you focus on this. And so what happens is those wave particles in the energetic field will start to vibrate. Just like I said, if we're energetic fields are next to each other, they vibrate. Mm-hmm. So now this wave particle is waving around and vibrating. So anything that will align with this thought that I'm trying to manifest or pray about, other wave particles will now join in this. It'll join to and create a larger wave particle and they'll keep vibrating. Now other particles that don't align will now bounce off of it. So you're only attracting things that will align with this thought or this prayer. And then what happens is the vibration will now make the wave particle become a solid particle.
0: Mm.
1: Once it's a solid particle, it now is a seed in the quantum realm. That seed, if you nurture it, if you keep praying on it, keep seeing it, just like prayer without works is done, same thing. So if you're praying on something, just doing it one and done isn't as powerful as, as if you were seeing God doing it for you, seeing it happen. Same thing as praying and meditating. Yeah. Seeing it happen and doing it over and over again, that seed now, that solid particle in the quantum realm is now starting to sprout. Once you sprout it, it creates a quantum string theory into the physical reality. That string theory, which is like, you know, a seed sprouting, how you see the little roots string out, same Mm -hmm. thing. That's what happens in the quantum realm and the energetic field. You can see this under a microscope. And so that string theory will start to go into the physical reality to manifest things physically. It just takes a little bit of time and too many people give up way too quickly. It takes 18 seconds to manifest something or to create a wave particle into a solid. And then you have to nurture it
0: after that. I love everything you just said. I've actually studied Dr. Emoto. The reason why I started my Shopify store with shirts that have like forgiven and grace and love on them is because of Dr. Emoto. My water bottle even says love and gratitude on it really it does if you haven't watched it on youtube ladies i would highly suggest it there's it's just the beauty of water and what happens when you say certain words to it and and we are 70% water so it's been proven that if you say negative words to a child, if you neglect it, which is even worse than saying negative words to it, then versus saying nothing but positive words, it, it really are. We are 70% water and we do vibrate in that way. And I love the way you just explained all of that, especially the quantum part. I would never been able to explain it the way you did. It truly is magical. It's, we are within, I always tell everybody because I, you know, I believe in God and that's how I was raised. I mean, if I was raised in a different way, I would probably call it something else. But for me, I was raised, you know, Catholic and Christian. So I call it to be God, but I know it's more than just God. It's the divine, it's spirit, it's universe. It's, you know, everything that is and everything that will be is within us as well as in in everything else. And so... Like you said earlier if God could speak things into existence so can we. Absolutely. Absolutely
1: because we're we're God's in the making. I mean, if God is our creator or our heavenly father or however you look at it, I mean, what would be the ultimate goal then to be like our father, to be like mm-hmm. our creator. And so we're in training for that. If they, you know, if he has the capability, then so do we. And, you know, everybody feels I think with the religious background, what I've noticed is that they feel like they constantly have to praise God and give glory to God because that's something that they're taught. Yeah. And that comes with a lot of religious baggage. And I think that that's a very human way of looking at God, like he's a guru and needs to be praised. Mm-hmm. And he's not that way. God is a delegator, and he uses all forms of everything, whether that's, you know, a past loved one to receive a message or to answer your prayer to your righteous ancestors, to the way that the quantum realm works. He has put systems in place, Mm -hmm. just like any entrepreneur would do. You know, the more companies that we own, the more we, we put systems in place to run, to be automated, to be delegated to. And so, you know, It's like people are always thinking that if they don't constantly praise and constantly worship and constantly read their scriptures and, you know, all of that stuff that the system is no longer going to work, you know, like they're no longer worthy for the blessings. And I have found that through the years that that's just not true. I've put God to the test, which the scriptures (laughs) really ask you to experiment with him. And, Mm. And I have because I wanted to, again, see for myself. Yeah, So it's just it's something I wanted to point out, because I think when people start to go into a little bit of the science, they get scared that they're taking some type of glory away from God. And it's just not true. You know, quantum physics is for people for smart people to know that God is real
0: yes yes exactly it's for the people who don't want they don't want to believe in God or religion or anything so I always tell them well it's been scientifically proven you know it's if you don't want to believe in the woo woo then let's talk about science and that's how I always talk about quantum physics this episode is sponsored by coach snap are you looking for an all-in-one platform to help you build your coaching business then you need CoachSnap. It allows you to schedule appointments, collect payments, train, and support all of your clients' needs. Health, fitness, hockey, football, or even life coaches can use CoachSnap. It's the business platform that will help you be the best coach you can be. Let's talk about mathematical codes because there's so much I want you to go through. Oh so, yeah. So I just actually been watching a lot of TikTok videos, and there was <laughs> one where they were calling. I think it was called. Garbia, Ravioli numbers, G R A V I O, something like that. It was, mm-hmm. it was like certain numbers and certain codes that if you say them or repeat them, you can generate wealth or abundance or health or or help you with like certain things. And I was like, wait, I've never heard of this before. Have you? Is that what you're talking about with these mathematical codes? Kind of.
1: Um, I would say I'm a little bit more advanced than that. But let me start where, where you just started. So, you know, back in uh, what the 30s, I think it was, when Rife machines started to come out, they figured out, Dr. Rife figured out where he could create mathematical codes of frequencies.
0: Mm-hmm. Everything
1: had a frequency. Every type of cancer had a mathematical code. When people say of frequencies, you can always break down a frequency in a mathematical or a num like a numerological number, yeah. if I said that correctly. So it's really about different lingo. So, you know, people get caught up on the lingo, whether if it's God or the universe or frequency or code, it doesn't really matter. So with that being said, yes, everything does have codes. Everything has different frequencies. Now, there are some very generalized statements of codes, kind of, and that's what you're mentioning. So let's just say, like, there is a generalized code for wealth. Okay. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is, is that wealth is different for everybody my definition of wealth is completely different from yours yeah okay so what i specialize in is custom codes and programming okay so for instance i'm a part of a company called Bello vodka out in boston
0: mm-hmm. Bello
1: vodka hired me to program their vodka because again water's programmable yes. we're programmable so what i did is i you know i took a statement of what they would want from their perfect product. And they wanted a vodka that was healthy, that could nobody could ever get hung over from. They wanted it. And so I took it way past that.
0: Mm-hmm. And I said,
1: you know, I prayed and meditated and said, okay, what, what would you like me to do with this? And so what I did is I created a frequency code to program the vodka. So when someone consumes it, AA is going to hydrate and bless their liver and their kidneys. It's going to be loaded with frequencies of minerals, but it's also going to protect them from rage and violence, negative forces when they're drinking. It's going to create more joy, more laughter so that they can have great memories. And so that's what I loaded into the Velo Vodka. And then we also loaded physical minerals into it as well. So it becomes this high frequency, but also high nutrient product. And it's awesome, too. But that's just an example. So just like a computer can be programmed, right?
0: We have computer
1: software. We hit a couple strokes on the keypads, and it does this and this and this. I can do the same thing with quantum codes. Mm. So if someone says, hey, I want my perfect partner. I'd really like to get married, which happens to me all the time. People come (laughs) to me for this. So what I have them do is I... First of all, I check all their blocks, see where they're blocked, why this isn't aligning. Once they're unblocked, I have them do homework of 50 categories of all of the perfect traits and qualities and characteristics they want in this perfect partner. Then I take all of that and I put it into a quantum code. That quantum code is perfectly aligned to their energetic field, mentally, physically, spiritually, on all levels. Then I program it into their water. I program it into stones that they have to wear because stones can also hold frequencies just like Mm water, a couple more things, but that's how I can do it with quantum code. So it's very specific to the individual. I mostly do this for companies. So if somebody comes to me and says, you know, Hey, I have this large company, we have 12 departments. Let's just say I go into their it department. I'm going to check to see on 35 different levels. Where are they blocked and where are they not optimized? And what can I do to optimize them on all of these levels? So at the end, I can create a custom quantum code and upload it into that department because everything's energy. Yeah. So I do that through um, decals with quantum codes. I can put them on the wall. I can put them in the water in the building. I can put them on everybody's water bottles. I can do it in so many different ways. So, that I'm changing the whole entire energetic field of that department to be optimized for more production, more creativity, more whatever it is. Yeah. And so it's very specific to the need. So, do you see the difference from a general statement from something that is very specific?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: So, my specialty is in frequency based quantum code kind of medicine. You know, how I started out is I. I was an herbologist. I'm a holistic doctor, so a homeopathic. Mm-hmm. And because I had visions of in the future, I knew that we were going to go through some, some tough times. And, and I was praying and I said, you know, hey, God, you know, if, you know, shit hits the fan, excuse my language, I'm not going to have time to like go grow some herbs real quick. You know, I can't just, you know, if there's, if we don't have medical supplies or, or whatever, like this is not abundant. This will run out. And so I was really seeking a higher information from, from God. And so that's how I got into the quantum field and got into quantum physics and frequency-based medicine. So now in my office, and, and, and you know, once you seek, once you ask, it's provided. So I started to get trained and certified. I studied with Dr. Uwe Albright. He's a famous doctor in Germany. He came in, it was a fluke how I made him. He trained me personally from Germany. And so now I use over 5,000 frequencies. So for instance, if somebody came to me with an infection and needed antibiotics, what I could do is I have the frequency for every type of antibiotic. So I can upload it into their energetic field. Mm -hmm. Consciously and subconsciously and shift them that way instead of giving them the physical pill of the antibiotic. Wow. And the way in that way, it doesn't have all the side effects, all the stuff and your body's getting treated that way. Now, I can do that with everything. I have over 5000 frequencies. I have the frequency for every type of herb, medicine, vaccine, tree, scripture, crystal stone, you know, homeopathy. It doesn't matter. You have to be intuitive and gifted to pick the right remedy at the right time.
0: Now, has it never worked on somebody or like would stuff not work because they're not open to it or?
1: No, I've only had one client, to be honest, one client that came to me that could not sleep that I feel like I didn't get the results that I've always wanted with everybody else. I'm a perfectionist. I go above and beyond and I look at levels like you wouldn't believe, but He just didn't get the results that I wanted, but he transformed in different ways. And so Mm. sometimes it's a stepping stone. It wasn't about him not sleeping. It was about him being blocked in so many emotional ways. But it doesn't really matter if someone's open to it, to be honest,
0: because it is
1: science. It is science. People can feel the shift. This isn't woo-woo, or I should say this is woo-woo that works. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think too often there's a lot of energy workers and healers that are just, you know, putting their Reiki en- energy into things and that kind of feels good in the moment. And then when you leave there, it, you know, it's not as great. I don't work like that. I, mm-hmm. I provide 100% integration and shifting.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I do some emotion code healing. People always ask me like, how does it work? I'm like, I really don't know. I just do it. <laughs> But it works. It works on some people. And I feel like sometimes it doesn't work on other people because they're not open to it or they're resistant to wanting to feel that, you know, release of negative energy. I think some people are so like they want to hold on to their baggage because that's all they know, you know?
1: Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily that they're not open to you or to what you're doing. I think that so many people have a block to healing. Mm -hmm. For instance, when someone comes to me, and they have cancer mm-hmm. it's the, the very first thing I do is I test their energetic field to see if they want to if they want to live I'm going to tell you the truth like 98% of the time it's a no
0: really they don't want to live and
1: it happens way way before like 20 30 years before and then all I can scan someone's timeline and I can feel in their timeline the moment I ask show me when the first time they said that I don't want to do this or I don't want to be here anymore and I can feel it in their timeline. I'm like, what happened to you when you're 19? What happened to you when you're 13? What happened? And they're like, oh, how did you know that? And I'm like, it's the first time you said, I don't want to be here and I don't want to do this. Mm. It's the same thing as saying, I don't want to live. And so you get what you ask for yeah. subconsciously and it's an exit. And so that's the very first thing I have to correct on somebody who's sick or you know has cancer is that I have to make sure that they want to live. And they usually, and they always argue with me. They're always like, (laughs) when I first say it, you know, I'm like, you know, you don't want to live. And they're like what I'm fighting I'm fighting my ass off you know I'm doing all this chemo and all this stuff and I'm and then I go into their timeline I say this and they're like oh oh oh, yeah
0: (laughs) oh that thing yeah it's funny because um a lot of it is in our our subconscious and so Mm -hmm. we don't even know that we've done that you know now that you just said that makes me think about all the times I've said that in my life because I've said that many times because I've had so many hard times in my life and now it makes me wonder should I how do I change that so because I want to live right so how would somebody who used to struggle with like depression and suicidal thoughts change it around so they don't have that energetic field anymore
1: you know it's hard because i have very specific skill sets and training and spiritual gifts so i'm i'm always looking at those things when someone doesn't uh, and let's just say they're a christian and they pray Mm -hmm. I would ask God to show them to you show me the moments that I still need to heal in me Mm. show me the moments that are still blocking me whether that be in dream or visions or you know just a download of a thought however you know those are things we can have all of that so we need to seek that out with God and with our heavenly family is what I call them seek that out with them I'm always asking God straight up show me what's getting in my way
0: Mm, I love that Yeah, I definitely need to ask those questions. (laughs) Show me the moment because I really need to know. I'm constantly asking. I have crazy vivid dreams, like super vivid dreams. Sometimes I can even control my dreams. I know that I'm dreaming. And at night before I go to bed, I always say, what am I going to dream tonight? (laughs) I'm so excited to go into my dream because it's like a whole nother world for me. But yeah, I should definitely be asking, you know, show me where you know, what I still need to work on What I still need to heal, because I think I'm going to constantly be on this healing journey. I think everyone would be especially if they suffered trauma in their childhood or in their adulthood. Or there's just certain things that we push down and we think we're okay, everything's fine. But in reality, it's still wreaking havoc in our body somewhere.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's interesting is when a client comes to me, they always try to regurgitate information, and I stop them right in their tracks because Mm. they always want to tell me about their trauma. And I, and, and people, anybody who's worked with me can testify this. You're only allowed to tell me your name. That's it. Not one word. Yes. I I will never allow someone to tell me anything about them because they'll give me biased information of their trauma. Mm. And so what, a lot of times what I find is like, you know, say their best friend died or, or whatever happened, something big happened. Usually we process that pretty well. I mean, some people don't. It depends on the trauma. But a lot of times it's those little moments, like when you raised your hand in class and everybody laughed at you because you were wrong. And then you're like, I'm not doing that again. I'm stupid. I was wrong. And Mm -hmm. then you'll never put yourself out there again, all because of one little thing or, you know, whatever. It's those moments when you decide this is who I am. This is how the world works. And this is how people are. This is how it's going to be. Those moments are what block us. Mm. And those are the moments that I can see. And those are the moments that I can shift immediately.
0: Ooh, that's amazing. So as we wrap up this episode, what would you say is your nugget of wisdom for anyone who is listening right now? I want people
1: to really understand that when you know something to be true, when it's your truth, that doesn't make it not true or somebody else's truth not true. Everybody's in a process here. We're all in training for exaltation of the greatest good of what we're to become, like our heavenly family, mm-hmm. like our creator. So, if I know something and you know something completely opposite, like say I believe in this religion and you believe in this religion, one of us has to be wrong, but that is incorrect. Mm. The real truth is is that we're both correct. Because I am being shown this level of information for my journey so that I can get to my exaltation. And same with you. See, there are different layers and levels of truth. So if we all know, if I throw something up, the law of gravity is that that ball is going to come down, correct? Yes. That is a universal truth. Now, however, that is a lower truth. Because... Eventually, we learned as people seek higher truth, they learned how to defy the law of gravity. They learned how then to build a plane. Then they learned how to build jets that can fly the sound or the the speed of light and sound. Mm -hmm. Right. Then we even defied that law, where we then built shuttles to go into space. And now we're studying where they can teleport things in the quantum field. Yeah, Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. All of those higher truths does not make the law of gravity untrue. Mm -hmm. So this truth over here does not counteract this truth. It's on layer on layer, precept on precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. But somehow human race has gotten into their mind. If I am right, then you are wrong.
0: Mm. And that
1: is incorrect. And this is what has created so many wars, so many arguments, so many genocides around the world, especially over religion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So how can my audience get a hold of you? Well, the best way is probably my website. And it's amazing, com. Thank you again for listening to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. If you love this episode, make sure to share it with your friends. You can find me on the internet at fearlessfemale.com, on Facebook, The Fearless Female Movement, on Instagram, at fearlessfemalepodcast, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And ladies, remember, we have the power to rise and face everything. Until next week, goodbye.